Welcome to Simply Financial with Paul Durso, your GPS to retirement. I want you to understand that to have these tough conversations, you have to have a way to find the tough answers. And it has to be through planning because just talking about it isn't going to cut it. Now, your host, Paul Durso. Welcome back to Simply Financial. My name is Paul Durso. We have an extra guest in the house today going to be with us. He's extra special, Paul. Extra special? I, I feel like it. I feel like I'm, I'm here today. And who are you? I am the notorious Michigan Connection, Kevin Ray. The Michigan All Connection, right. huh? Michigan Connection. Yes. All right. Well, we got a, an awesome show in store for you today called Tough Conversations. And I'm sure if you're like me, you love tough conversations. I can't stand tough conversations. So, but before we get started on the content of the show, I want to ask, you know, in the, in the season of holiday travel, we just finished Thanksgiving, Christmas, right around the corner. We're in the, the season of holiday travel. So I got a question for you guys in regards to holiday travel. Would you rather fly, drive, or take a train? To wherever you need to go. Where are you sending me? If I'm going Where? to Hawaii, I, I would probably want to go. Oh, you're talking about family. Yeah, you got to holiday travel. You got to go see people. Well, he said it right. You got to go see him. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not like you have a choice. You, you do not have to. a choice. Okay. What are you going to do? It's really becoming a fly or drive. Well, it, it, everybody for me is close enough to just drive. Just drive? I'm a driver. At what, at what point's the distance where you're like, all right, I'm not going to drive anymore. I got to fly. Considering you can drive. Once you push five hours, five hours, I'm about to roughly, say. roughly about five. All right, Mister no. Holiday or uh, Michigan Connection, Kevin. You no. probably have to fly everywhere because of the snow on the ground. Well, there, some sometimes, right? Okay. But you're saying in the holiday season, right? Which means the winter no. winter months. In the yeah, whatever. I'm going to drive if I can, and the reason is every time I get on a plane in the winter months, it seems like somebody's got some disease. Some virus, some disease, something going on, what? and I usually end up catching. How did you so. get down here? Disease? <laughs> I flew. You time. flew. Okay. <laughs> oh, here did in the anybody have season? a disease well, on your flight? Uh, no, no, not this time. I didn't smell them anyway. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> All right, right, this might be one and done. We might have to edit that out there. <laughs> yeah, <I don't> yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're going to talk talk uh, tough conversations today. So. You know, Kevin, sometimes being a good advisor means you're going to have some uncomfortable conversations with some of your clients. So we're going to go through several scenarios where you've helped people navigate some of these tricky situations and, and plan appropriately. And so the first scenario is, how does the death of the first spouse affect a financial plan? This is for me. Sure. Okay. Well, there's a couple of things that come to mind. Uh, when a spouse passes away, obviously we're going to lose a pension or we're going to lose a portion of that pension. So that needs to be figured into the uh, income plan. And another thing is you're going to lose a social security, uh, either yours or your spouse's in, in that particular instance too. So you have to come back to the planning aspect, you know, sit down with your advisors to start planning that process and sit down and see how it will affect you if your spouse leaves you at an early age. So, with regards to all of the tough questions that we're going to go over today, and there's, there's plenty. And the first three that we're going to talk about before we get into the game is, you know, how do, how do you handle the death of a spouse? The second one is, what about nursing care? And the last one that we're going to talk about is, what if you live a lot longer and, and how do you plan for that? And before I, we get into any of the answers that I would come up with, the kind of let's step back before we answer these questions and really understand how. 
Because yes, they're tough conversations. Nobody wants to talk about the death of a spouse. I don't want to ever talk about getting sick and not being able to take care of myself, let alone never being able to retire. Those are tough questions. Mm -hmm. But I think even more difficult is how do you figure out the tough answers? Because there might be some tough answers there. You know, can you afford if, you know, the, the predominant moneymaker passes away before you're ready to retire or the one that handles the money is the one that goes into nursing homes or, you know, the one that is, is unable to work or doesn't have the, the background or experience to make money is the one that has to go to work in retirement. What do you do in those situations? Well, how do you, how do you find out the answers that we're almost assuming here that we have a way to answer those questions? Like everybody understands how to plan financially. And I think the bigger conversation here outside of, yeah, let's figure out and have these tough conversations. How do you get to the bottom of it? How do you decide, well, we can't afford or can't afford any of this? How do you figure that out? Planning. There's a safe answer. My my first note was hopefully you've already planned for some of these things because all of them that you've talked about are really emotional and traumatic events. And, uh, you know, when I have a friend that's lost a spouse or something, we've talked about it. You don't make any big decisions Any for a while yeah, because yeah. it's too easy to make an emotional decision. And if you've already got some sort of plan and strategy backing up these what if scenarios, you're going to come out of it feeling a lot better about the situation. And the key is to get proactive versus reactive. What I mean by that is don't wait till something is getting close, you know, start planning for those things now, if you can and think in the future somewhat and Put into, into your Pacific plan, well, what happens if one of us goes to the nursing home? What's that going to do to our income? What's that going to do to our as- assets? What happens if I lose a spouse at age 65 versus 85? Those types of things all need to be inputted in a plan and, and, be, and like I said, be proactive because if you're going to be reactive, it's going to be too late. You, you need to get involved. And I, and I agree with, and, and I guess where I'm, where I'm wanting to take this show and the direction of the show is, you know, obviously we're, we're financial planners. We're very biased about simplicity. I mean, that's pretty much what we use, which is the planning system in our office. And I guess the reason why we're so biased outside of the fact that we created it, it's, it's we're biased because it's so simple and easy to understand where clients and how many client stories can we talk about where they get so excited and so amped to go through their planning. And they're like, wow, this is so easy. We can talk about this and that and this and that, and they can see it. And how many times you heard this is the first time I actually understand, you know, I, we can just go over so many different stories, but, but I, what I keep coming back to is when somebody doesn't have a tool like that, when somebody doesn't know how to do financial planning, I mean, who, who out there is going to go financial planning? Yes. I can't wait to go over my plan. Like, Oh, I know exactly how to plug in to find that answer. Or I know exactly what to do to, to discover if I'm going to have to work longer than I expect, no, that's not how it goes. They're going, I have no idea. That's why I don't want to talk about it. Yep. It's, it's not that they don't, they, they don't know how to find the answer. It's that they can't forget about the fact that they, they, they logically, I mean, tell me if you're, if I'm wrong here, I think logically people want to find out. They just don't know where to go. Well, and they don't want that tough conversation. That's what we're talking about, right? They don't well, want to sit not, down. They don't want to think I don't think, think about it's it. so much the tough conversation. Right. It's they don't know how to do it. Now, a tough conversation, you know, might be if, if there's something wrong with you and you don't want to go to the doctor and find out whatever. Or, hey, I don't want to go see my mom. 
or my dad because I know it, it, it could be the last time. There are certain things I think will hold you back, but the unknown about your future, I don't, are we really that scared or we just don't know? We don't know. We don't know. I think it's we don't know. Well, you know, we, we've had clients that aren't in any of these tough situations that weren't sure or didn't know about their financial future. And they were embarrassed to come in. They didn't want to hear, oh, we screwed up, you know, because they didn't, <clears throat> excuse me, they didn't know how to find out if they were okay or not. And so it's not just someone that uh, may have lost a spouse or some situation like that. It's, it's clients that come in now that just they don't know and they don't know what to do and they're a little embarrassed or, or procrastinating. But about how many in. times in those specific instances where we have those people, which we've, we've gone over, we've shared some of those stories, they didn't want to come in. They come in. We take them through Simplistria, a very easy and simple to understand planning tool, and now they walk out. They're like, man, I can't wait to do that again. Mm-hmm. And then they, they come in with their list of questions. What about this scenario? What about that scenario? And we go through it all and they, they walk out so clear. And, and I guess that's where I really want to focus. And I'm not, this isn't one big advertisement for simplicity because I'm sure there's other tools that can get you to the answer that we're trying to drive here. Although I'm very biased about simplicity. Sure. But at the end of the day, I'm sure there's other tools out there that can do the same thing. Maybe not as brilliantly, <laughs> but they can do the same thing. And, and I guess that's where I'm trying to help you. I want you to understand that to have these tough conversations, you have to have a way to find the tough answers. And it has to be through planning because just talking about it isn't going to cut it. You can't just have a tough conversation and go, oh, oh that doesn't happen. Yeah. No, you have to have a, a conversation specifically about what you're trying to solve and then have a, a way to actually solve it or see it played out so you have an understanding of what you need to do to fix it, right? I think so. All right, so, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to play a game. Yeah, that was pretty heavy. Let's, uh, thing, I, we, need to, we need to break it. Was heavy. Brighten it up a little yeah, bit here. Kevin, you need to start smiling because you're, you're, you're bringing us down here. <laughs> they don't smile in Michigan. No, they don't. Well, it's usually a holiday season. We have no yeah. sun traveling right now, on you know, so I'm yeah. just getting Well, it's sunny down, down here, so we can smile a little bit. Uh, all right. All we're, I'll work on it. So we've got this fun little wheel. I'm going to have you spin it. And uh, where, wherever this stops, there's about 10, 10 games on this. Wherever it stops, we're going to play a game, all right? All right. So why don't you give that thing a big old spin? Pop quiz. Oh, great. Great. Pop quiz. What's your favorite one? We've actually Pop not quiz. played this one yet. No, we, not. we haven't. We haven't. We have this not first played time this for one. Me, so I don't well, know. I know it's first time for you. Right, right. So here's how this game works. We all have... We'll have to go find our questions here. We'll all have come up with questions. Yep, I've got mine right, right, right here. Right. I think I found them. And we're all going to ask each other questions, and it could be on anything, literally anything. I'll go first. I'll ask you guys a, a question. All right. And because we're, I'm going to keep with the theme, holiday season here, I want you guys to tell me where Santa Claus was born. Where Santa Claus where, was born. Now, the real, like, the... Not, Real Satan? Yeah, the not not the made up like what 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 kids believe. Where did Saint Saint Nick? Where was he born? Ooh. 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 Who was Charlie? Saint Nick? Do you know who he was first? Do you know who he was? Christopher. Yeah. Well, well, I don't know if that was his first name. Well, well of course. Did you know him personally? You're getting a little long in the tooth. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm not sure see. what to say when you say something like that, Kevin. Well, here I'll give you a little background. All right. He was a monk. 
Okay. Yeah. Legend has it. He was a monk. And he was born around 2080 AD is what, I, what I've discovered. But where was he born in this world? Give me an answer. The Netherlands. No. Eng- England. No. Modern day Turkey. Well, aren't you happy to have stumped us like yes, that? That you just I am. Searched I thought for sure you would know. I thought for sure. I was, I was going back to Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and all that. North Pole. All right, so we are there. 0 for 2 here. If we, let's see. All right, who, who wants to go next? All right, I'll go. Let me ask you this question. What month of the year is named after Julius Caesar? Caesar. Is it July? August? Uh, August. Julius. August. They would be saying uh, that's Augustus, Augustus Caesar. He said Julius. Julius. Yeah. Julius. Oh, Julius. Yeah. Still want to do you it. Are, you are right, Charlie. Thank you. you. July? You July. July. Sure. Do you July. know why he, though? That, that was well, his nickname. No. No. July. I, July. I have it right here in my fingers. He died, and the month was called Quintilus. That was his birth month, so they renamed it July after. Julius well, there you Caesar. go. Caesar. Well, that was great. So you're asking Good me? question. Yeah. Well, since we're into the history theme now, All right, here when we I go. lived up in Pittsburgh, I heard this on the radio. What's the first thing you know? What? What's the first thing that you know? What is the first thing you yeah. know? No. You're loved. You're loved. Okay. That's you're not, hungry? No, no. What? What? What kind of question is this? It was a public question on the radio. You both had an what opportunity to hear. What is the first thing that you know? Yes, what's the first thing you know? What? I don't uh, even know how to you answer know, that. I've stumped them both, Kimberly. Look at that. Well, hold on, hold on. What is the first, first thing that you know? Like when you're born? I'm just asking the question. I can repeat the question for what you. What is the first thing you know? What is what? that you know? Wait, what's the what? first thing? You know? This is one of those dumb. He's yeah, gonna yeah, say the answer. You know, yeah. This is so Charlie. Yeah. This is so Charlie. He's gonna be like, oh yeah, dude. All right, you got like five more seconds. I'm thinking what? What is three, the first? Two, one. Well, right. the first thing first. you know, old Jed's a millionaire. <laughs> Come on now. What does I that even it, mean? I, the Beverly Hillbillies song. You're showing your, your age <laughs> Yeah, he's too young. But to what understand. does the answer mean? Well, the first thing you know, old Jed's a millionaire. That's not even a question. <laughs> well, no, what's the this first thing? This is the you know? dumbest thing. What? <laughs> okay. Remind me not that to go back over here on no, this. No, that is a what comes next, not pop quiz. I should have got that because I like You should have. I, I thought you might I have. have. I never yeah. went down yeah, that trail. Two gray hairs yeah. over here. Yeah. yeah. I, I know who Jed is, but I still don't understand the question. <laughs> that just, was wonderful. We should don't play like that one again. Scruggs, do you? Come on. We man. should play that one again. That was very I fun. Just well, hopefully you are entertained yeah. out there because I'm not entertained right now. All right, let's pick back up. So we got two more questions that we kind of, sort of, I wanted to keep us very high. The first three questions we talked about was how does death of the first spouse affect your financial plan? What happens if nursing home care is needed? And do we need to keep working longer than we had planned? Those are the first three questions that we kind of sort of answered. It's, you really have in to answer In a roundabout way. Yeah, in a yeah, <laughs> roundabout way. <laughs> the next one we're going to do is, do our children understand our estate plan and legacy plan and how to fix it, if at all? 
What do you say, Charlie? I'm not sure I'm participating anymore. Come on, Jeb. Let's go, Jeb. <laughs> Jed. Jed, whatever. Jed. Jed, Jed Clamp. Jed, what a clamp. Oh my gosh. But let let let's 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 try to answer the the serious question. Well, this here. is this is one thing that I'm a little concerned about because we have very few of our clients' kids come in and talk with us. Yeah. And it could be because of geography. They don't live anywhere near here or in some cases too young. You know, we've had several come in with their parents, which I think is a great thing. So to fully help kids understand what their parents are doing and what the estate plan is, I, I think there needs to be a lot more communication than there is. Well, personally, years ago when I had my office up in Michigan um, or when I was up there a lot more, my issue that I have with this is we went on a campaign for about two to three years yep. and we did a big events. We did educational events. We did as much as we could to pull in the clients of our, the kids of our clients. And you got to understand our client age up in Michigan is pretty high. It was 60s, 70s. So our, their kids were, you know, 30s and 40s. Some, and some actually came in, they were early 50s. These are the kids of our clients. Mm-hmm. They're not kids, you know, they're just <laughs> younger adults and they would come in or would not come in because they just didn't care. They, they're like, mom and dad are never going to die. Going back to those tough questions, they didn't want to think about mom and, mom dad, and dad, dad being dying. not there. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like, well, we don't need to go over that. They're always going to be here. So they would just never show up. We spent all kinds of money. We did all kinds of things and nobody ever wanted to get educated. They just didn't want to think about it. Typically, they know that they're beneficiary, and that's all they're okay with. Yeah, they're like, mom and dad will spend whatever they spend, and and we don't have to worry about it. No. Come on there. But there's more. Yeah, there's a lot more. There's a lot more. Yeah. Mm. What what else is there? Well, there's the the other uh, point is, too, sometimes the parents don't want to get involved in that conversation either. Have you run across Mm -hmm. that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I can can tell you a personal story now. I have a client up there, and I talked to you about it last week, Charlie, Mm. is that... um, she doesn't have any children, but she named uh, trust as a beneficiary and had 12 or 14 different uh, beneficiaries on there. And come to find out, she's had three strokes, and now the, the beneficiaries want to change it around. So that's a difficult situation, isn't it? it, it it's tough. And, you know, that incapacitation or some level yeah. of it is, yeah. is really can be a big problem that, that needs to be addressed. And, and I don't see enough estate planning going on to, to take care of some of these issues. And here's the thing. Nobody really cared until she had her third stroke. So now we're all up against the hurry to do things. Mm-hmm. And those things come, come, come to pass. And normally they're not what you originally wanted to do. And it's simply from not having that tough conversation. I get involved. Now this one, in my opinion, it, I feel is, it's still as difficult a question to answer, but I don't feel like you need such a, an elaborate planning tool to do it. You might need a, a really good attorney, estate planning attorney. But I feel like you can get around a table with the loved ones that are in your life. I do feel like you can have this conversation, get around a table with the loved ones in your life and do the planning that you want to do and make sure that there's an implementer, somebody that's going to take what you talked about and really make it reality. You can have that and get that done in one or two meetings. And have that tough conversation to move on. You don't need like this sophisticated planning tool to get no. that done. No. Well, on the flip side, you know, some families can't sit around together where you don't have some conflict between the kids or, or whatever. And it's, it's not such an easy conversation. So I know it, it isn't the easiest thing in the world to uh, plan in, in some instances. And the more beneficiaries, the more, you know, children, it just becomes that more 
difficult mm-hmm. because, yep. you know, all of a sudden, mom, you're right. Mom liked this one first. Your dad liked this one yep. better. Yep. Those type of things come into play. So you have to be proactive. All right. Last question. Then we're going to close the show out here is how do we separate from an advisor who we like as a person, but realize is just not a good fit for us financially or as a planner or never really was. How do we separate that? It's a tough question. How do we separate from, how do we leave our brother-in-law? Correct. Who is a financial, who's a planner. financial planner who just but, passed his exam. A year yeah, but he ago, might right? not have the, the newest tools, the best tools right. to, uh, do for me what I need him to do. So how do you separate? And that's not an easy thing. Why did you start working with him in the first place? His brother-in-law. Never, never mix business, business and pleasure. pleasure. Yeah. I have that standing rule in my own family, you know? Me too. Um, because I, you know, we're family members. I want to keep the family members. You know, my, the first 15 years, 16 years of my career, I had this very strict, no friends or family policy. And then you start having a, a level of success and they're like, well, I don't care. You're, you, I trust you. Just tell me what to do. And they kind of broke me down because I was so adamant, no. And now I understand the professional aspect of it. I'm like, here's what you get. Here's what it is. Here's what we do. This is your money, your future. This is your decision. This is not a personal relationship. That is separate from what we do in this office. So I'm, I'm, I'm very partial. I'm very one-sided on this, that there is no myth. And I actually had a family member come in and leave Within a year, it just wasn't a, it wasn't a fit, fit. was yeah. not a fit. And I'm not going to ruin a relationship over that. I actually have a client right now that has a 25 year relationship with her advisor came into me. She loves what we do. She wants to become a client. She's like, well, I don't know what to do. How, how do I sever that relationship? So we had an entire meeting on helping her build the conversation she needed to be able to break free from the advisor and understand that it's just business. It's yeah. not personal. And I think that's the advice that I would give. If you need to separate from somebody, you have to break the, it's personal barrier. It's not personal. This no, it's is just not. Business. It's like, it's like no. doctors or, or anything else. Aren't they treating you like they do their other clients, their other um, patients. patients in this case? That, yep, you come in, I give you the same advice I give everybody else. You pay me, I do whatever I do. But it's essentially a business um, transaction, and, and that can be tough to keep separate from family. Well, and one of the things I'd say, it's always planning over personality. If you think of the most successful people out there, they're not the nicest. You know, if you look at you know, Babe Ruth, uh, Jackie Gleason, Frank Sinatra. Wow, how Steve old are you Jobs, going, dude? Michael Jordan, Steve Jobs. I mean, some of the most eccentric, driven, not friendly people. And that, you know, outside the microphone or the court or, you know, Tiger Woods on a golf course. I mean, some of these people had their, some very storied pasts of who they were as a real person outside of mm-hmm. the craft they did so well. And a lot of business people that were just not, not nice people. But the reality is they did something very well. And I think the point that we can learn from that is good planners might not necessarily be the nicest people, but they might do their job very well. You don't have to like your advisor, you want to like yeah. your advisor. And that's what I you like have about to be a good the, fit. Yeah. I, I like about the simplicity planning software process in that you don't have to like me, but the software, the process can show you that the recommendations I'm making are in your best interest. Correct. You don't have yeah. to worry about trust or likability, you know, from the get go. I have the tools to, to really 
let you know your best interests are being taken care yeah, of. Absolutely. We just had a person come in last week and his, his conversation was me. I said, you're, you've been with your, your current advisor 19 years. Why are you here? And he says, well, I was passed to them by my mother. She was my mother's advisor. Now he's mine. I kind of know him over all these years. And so where did that lead to? He said, every time I go and sit down with him, I said, am I okay for retirement? Which you want to retire in two or three years. And he says, yes, you're at 106%. He says, what does that mean? Well, I don't know. He asked me, what does know. that mean? He asked me, what does that mean? I said, well, I don't know either. And, he, and then he said, but the last time I went in was just a month ago. I was at 102%. He said, I, I want to know how I got to 102. I'm still okay. I'm 102%. But my assets grew. I said, well, that's, that's a good question, right? So if you're having those type of conversations uh, with, your, with your current advisor and you don't understand what's going on, that simplicity process, which I took him through in about 45 minutes, told him in a matter of, of minutes that, no, you can't retire in three years. It's, it's not possible oh, wow. from, from what you've saved. And, and he was going to be 55 and she was going to be 56, no Social Security for all those years. It wasn't possible. But according to the other one, it was 106%. So he was going to have the same conversation. How do I break with that, uh, that uh, my personal financial advisor of 18 years. It's going to be very difficult for him. It is. It's but, never easy. And it's never easy, but it should be easy because it's. Well, that's that tough conversation that people have to have, not it's just awkward. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a, I don't, I don't want to be mean, but at the end of the day, this, you still there's look nothing out for more important than your financial future yeah. when it comes to retirement. Like this isn't a, I hope I don't hurt their feelings. The, there is no touchy feely to this. This is your future financially. This is a, yes, you can stay retired and have a great plan or you're always going to be worried about your financial future because you like your advisor who's not a good planner. Yeah. Like, get, oh, it's, get, uh, get the here. gist of it here. How many times have you sat down at a, at a table and somebody brought in, a, a, say, a nudie or a CD or what have it be and said, how does this fit in your plan? Why, why do you have this? I don't know. There, there is, yeah, yeah, I don't know. There is no answer. It sounded good at the time. Well, that's, that's one you know, thing to be aware of is just because it sounds good, it has to fit in your own personal plan. You have to be proactive. And if that advisor is not doing that for you, then you have to sever the relationship. It is business. That's right. It's your future. And if you don't take control of your future, guess what? Somebody else is going to, and that's not what you want to do. Well, and on that note, I think we're done. Let's go. I got nothing else to say. Let's go enjoy the sunshine. All right. So if you want to learn a little bit more, insightfolios.com again insightfolios.com or give us a call 704-529-9500 704-529-9500 have a great day now for our fast talking fine print the information presented is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax investment or legal advice always consult with a qualified investment legal or tax professional before taking any action fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered through insight folios inc a sec registered investment advisor the firm only transacts business in states where it is notice filed or is excluded or exempted from notice filing requirements insurance products and services are offered through derso capital management company insight folios inc and derso capital management company are affiliated companies and do not offer legal or tax advice. Paul Alderso and Charles B. Bowers Jr. are investment advisor representatives of Insight Folios, Inc. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.